Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about Broncos from generation one all the way through generation six. Our sponsor for this episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to fully restore a Bronco. Today, we're talking about how to get your Bronco running and driving better. Not great, just better. Just better. <laughs> ah, new week. What do you What have you been working on? Anything Anything fun? A Bronco golf cart. Oh, <laughs> it's my little side project. <laughs> Not that I have time for side projects, but it's a special one. Yep. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun because uh, I mean, who doesn't want one, right? Oh yeah, they're super cool. That's fun. Who did the body? So, yeah, so Bronco Designs, ironically, is just 45 minutes away in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and he does um, the Bronco flares. That's what everybody knows them for, and the aftermarket or raised hoods that are fiberglass. I mean, everybody knows Bronco Designs for that, but he also does these golf cart bodies. At Supercell, you see a 100 of them running around. Yeah. I mean, they're just the coolest thing anyway, you know, ever. So I was just thinking, uh, I got a call, and I should have said no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but I want to build one so bad. I really want to build one for me, but um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Cause anyway, it's a really good customer. We're going to knock one out. Nice. I'm pumped. That'll be cool. That'll yeah. be fun. And that what's really neat is the Tom's roll and tumble back seats that you get in your seat kit. Like what's behind me back here. Uh-huh. Um, they fit perfectly in the back of the golf carts and you can take them in and out and roll and tumble them. If you want to throw golf clubs in the back, yeah. I don't know who'd want to use golf clubs in a golf cart. But yeah, it seems silly. A Bronco golf cart. But <laughs> yeah, you just haul kids around in it. We were like, and what's really cool is I got motivated because we were at the Tom's Off-Road event and Tom has a matching golf cart Bronco painted the same burgundy as his full-size, and I shouldn't say full-size, early Bronco. Yeah. And um, he was he was giving rides all day at the event. Like he must've hauled a hundred kids around in that That's thing. That's awesome. With his great big straw hat <laughs> and sunglasses. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. He loves, he loves that event. Like just, yeah, driving kids around and, and uh, yeah, having fun. That's really cool. Well, uh, after the Tom's off-road event, I went to Moab, Utah and started a project for Onyx Off-Road oh, and cool. filmed, uh, filmed this series for them where we went from Moab to um, uh, Montrose, Colorado. And, um, and it was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it's an off-road project. They, um, uh, Onyx Off-Road gave uh, three YouTubers $15,000 to build an off-road vehicle and kind of compete to see who had the best vehicle and who would get sent on to represent Onyx on uh, Ultimate Adventure. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah, so um, it's been a lot of fun. We I shot that for a week um, and got back and just jumped into the editing of it and so have been editing like crazy, um, but all the episodes are already up. They're, they're already done. We're, we weren't going to have them done this quick, and I just got them, cranked them out, got them done. Um, and so those are pretty cool. So you can watch that. It's the Onyx Off-Road Build Challenge. And it's got uh, Bleepin' Jeep, uh, Matt and Colt from Bleepin' Jeep, uh, Nate from Dirt Lifestyle, uh, and then Dave Chappelle from, oh. um, uh, what was his show? 
uh, Dirt Every Day. Yep. And then um, a guy who I'd never met before, Rudy um, from Rudy's Adventure and Design. Um, his he's Matt's off road recovery's son. So some really cool guys, and it was it was a lot of fun to just hang out with these guys and and uh, film and and we had a blast. Tell everybody what the ultimate adventure is. Yeah, the ultimate adventure is a uh, an off road like trip that has been going on for I want to say it's on the twenty second year, twenty two, twenty three years, and they what they do is it's you know an ultimate kind of kind of it's the ultimate off-roading trip so it's like they go to all these really cool off-road parks but then they get back on the road and they drive you know 400 miles to the next place and some years it's you know cooler scenery some years it's um you know just kind of like the one year that I went, um, we were in Texas and Oklahoma. So it was cool, but it wasn't beautiful scenery. I think the year before that they went to Montana and Alaska, you know? So it's like, there's, there's some, you know, really awesome years. And then some like, no, it's not too bad. Last year was Tennessee, Georgia, uh, like around us. So it was cool because they went to parks that I'm like, oh, I've never actually heard of this off-road park, you know? And so, they went and they ran trails. So they try to run trails that they've never done. So it's getting harder and harder because they've been doing it for 23 years to actually run a trail that they haven't run before. So, um, yeah, now they're, now they're, um, uh, trying to, to find, you know, these obscure off-road parks and stuff like that. I saw Ian made a post on Instagram the other day and he's just messing with these guys. And he goes, we're going to, you have a little contest and you guys are going to have to change a tire or shock. No, it's a shock with one arm tied yeah. behind your back. It's like <laughs> it, out in the, you know, the dirt, you know, yes. so it's just yes. like, that's just mean. It was he goes, mean. yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was mean. Yeah. A couple of the challenges. Cause it wasn't like, I don't know for both me and Ian, it's like, we don't really love just like, hardcore off-roading videos like i mean they're cool to watch sometimes but it's like for a competition it kind of gets old you know it's like and this next truck goes up over the rock and the next truck goes up over the rock it's like okay you know like kind of get bored with it so we were like how can we make this fun and so ian came up with a bunch of challenges so it was uh yeah change a shock with one hand tied behind your back you and your partner had to change the shock um set up your camp blindfolded. So like on ultimate adventure, we always got into camp at night. (laughs) So it was like, you had to set up your camp blindfolded. So one person's blindfolded and the other person's telling them what to do. Um, and then the other challenge was, uh, it was, Oh, either replacing the, or yeah, replacing both of the drive shafts, showing them to someone from Yukon gear and axle and then reinstalling them. So, yeah. So, you know, and like time challenges and stuff like that. Um, and then we did do the last video is actually, um, like we just went on some trails in Montrose and wheeled and, but we did like, you would guess how many winches you were going to actually have to use. Um, and you would vote how many points. So, you know, all, all of them said, we'll winch twice and we'll wager 5,000 votes. So if they went over that, if they winched more than that, then they lost 5,000 votes. If they winched only twice, then they gained that 5,000 votes and another 5,000. But if they went under, they just 
it was kind of a wash. So oh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was good. It was a good challenge. It's entertaining. And uh, the next the next part of the series will be um, on Ultimate Adventure and and all that. So yeah, you know it was funny back in the day. Like everybody just wheeled their Broncos. Yeah, they weren't worth two hundred thousand dollars. You know, right? Like it was, you wheeled your Bronco. Period. That's why you bought it. You know, it was common even, to see a Bronco on the trail up until this madness started you know yeah. with the values of the trucks and uh, i love that the northwest guys wheel their broncos even though yeah they could be restored and worth whatever but um i just think that's funny and i think the new bronco is going to bring that back i think yeah. as soon as they go out of warranty <laughs> everybody's going to start wheeling their broncos again and you know that's going to be cool yeah yeah for sure for sure well, cool. Well, getting into this episode, um, we wanted to remind you a couple Bronco events that are coming up. We've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but September 5th through the 9th, Super Celebration West in Buena Vista, Colorado. Uh, September 20th through the 23rd, the Oklahoma Classic Bronco Roundup, OCBR, um, in not Oklahoma, but <laughs> Arkansas. Um, and then Holly Ford Fest, uh, September 28th through October 1st. So make sure to put those on your calendar if you're uh, if you're around those areas. And uh, we're going to be at Ford Fest. Yeah, come hang out with us. Yeah, we're going to have fun. That's right. We'll be there Friday afternoon for sure, yeah. and Saturday all day Saturday. And there's going to be a campfire, even if it's blazing hot um, <laughs> or raining or raining. And we will be having adult beverages by said campfire. So. You come to Ford Fest and you bring me a bottle of uh, <laughs> delicious bourbon. I sh- I will surely drink it. Thank you or share it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not share it, but I will drink. Well, and that's something else that you can do at Ford Fest. Like we can literally overland. Yeah, yeah. You're roughing it, dude. This we are is such not. This is not we glamping. Are, yeah, whatever glamping is. This is the opposite <laughs> of glamping. We are the pinnacle of overlanding <laughs> right here. Yeah. You, wanna, you want to overland with us. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, man. I'm bringing a sleeping bag. Is that overlanding? Yeah, totally. Right, if, cool. you, if you sleep in your Bronco with your sleeping bag, you're an overlander. Sweet. Yep. Bucket so, list, check. Check. That's right. <laughs> I have a mattress that fits in my Bronco that I bought. And so that's what I'm going to sleep on. Is that your one from high school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Getting into this episode, everyone has already turned us off, but that is okay. So uh, part of the podcast that we've had uh, on previous episodes is a little question and answer. Uh, so we have our questions at thebroncast.com email. You can ask any question that you have. Shoot us an email and we will answer it live on the podcast. And uh, so this time, and I'm sorry that I mess up so many people's names, Steve Thiesing, 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 Steve Thiesing. I hope that's right, Steve. Steve writes, <laughs> I just purchased what I believe to be is a 1966 half cab based on the VIN stamped on the frame. The Bronco Ohio website states the vehicle would have been made in the fourth month of production. The site helped me identify the engine size, plant, year, and build month, but have no other information as the VIN tag is not with the vehicle. 
The Marty Report website does not offer details on 1966 trucks. And I've already requested to join Jimmy Golden's Facebook page. Do you have any other suggestions on where to get that information on my vehicle uh, beyond what's on Bronco Ohio website? So that's question one. And then he says, also, John, I've come across your Better Bronco Challenge video course. And I think it would be a, it would add a ton of value to me as I work on my Bronco to get it safe and ready for the road. Um, looks like the content was created years ago now at this point. Do you still have the car course up? Um, so the first part of the question, and then we'll talk about the second part of the question, how to get your Bronco driving better. But that first part of the question, so what he's talking about there is the Bronco Ohio website. So we have a print off of uh, the Bronco Ohio um, VIN decoder that, um, that we've talked about on the, on the podcast before. And we've had Jimmy Golden on the podcast before. Um, and Bronco, Ohio is a great place to start. Um, he did the right thing going to Bronco, Ohio and figuring out some of that information. Um, but it does not have all the information and, and it actually, the, the website hasn't been kept up to date. So not all the information is correct. Um, and so then he talked about the Marty report, which, uh, do you have one of those? Yep. So Donnie's holding a Marty report for one of the Broncos that he um, has. And Marty Auto Works is an amazing company that they will, you give them your VIN number and they will give you like all the information that they have on that vehicle. But sometimes they don't have the information on those vehicles like some of these 1966 Bud trucks um, is what they're referred to. Um, and so then he talked about, I've requested to join Jimmy Golden's Facebook page, <laughs> which uh, there's this Facebook page and we'll put links to all this in the show notes and the, in the description below. But um, Jimmy Golden is a Tennessee Bronco club member and kind of one of these gurus on, on Broncos. Um, and, uh, and he has a, a Facebook page where people will literally just type in their VIN number and they'll say, help me. And uh, Jimmy will pull out this information and, you know, give them all this information on their VIN number. Um, so what, what's going on here, though, is Steve doesn't have his uh, VIN plate. So he yeah. has the VIN number on his frame, which you can get, you know, uh, some information from, but he doesn't have his VIN plate. Well, um, and, the VIN, and the VIN plates were not on the glove box that early. Oh. So they were typically on the left kick panel where your foot left ankle would be and they get they were stickers oh they wow. weren't these you know tamper proof stickers either they just they ripped off and people did that and then what i'm holding here is uh a glove box from a 1972 bronco that we're building and um this has the uh vin tag which you can get reproductions made at marty report oh, which is cool. super cool and you can get these special rivets and put them back on but this one has U15 GLN20634, and John and I were just playing around yeah. with the Bronco Ohio thing and going, oh, okay, G means it's a 302, and L means it was made in Michigan. They were all made in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the VIN tells us it has a letter, tells you the month and um, when it was built, and we were having this discussion about, well, if it was built, and why does the thing go from August to <laughs> to uh July. July, yeah. And it's because, well, the dealers got in August, they were building the next year's model. So in September, you could go into a dealership and you're buying the next year's model five months early. Yeah, 
So it yeah. makes you feel like you're you're getting in on the ground floor yeah. of the 1972 of, Bronco. I got one of the first ones. Yeah, even yeah, though it's so, 1971. Yeah. What was fun is I, I found, while we were talking about this, I found uh, Marty Report for the truck that I have uh, that we ran. Um, and it, you click on, like in Bronco, Ohio, when you go to their website, you got to click on the year at the very bottom. There's a tab for each year. So if you know what year truck you have, it's still going to give you this information for about three years. So you'll be able to find out it, what month it was built and exactly where it fell into the Bronco lineup, the total production lineup of 200 and some thousand trucks. Yeah. And then this part's really cool because it shows you a picture of what your Vintag would look like if you didn't have it. But his is a 66. It's an early Bronco. It's a Bud Bronco. Um, Jimmy Golden will probably know if that information's available. Yeah, I actually texted Jimmy, and he's a great one. I mean, we need to have him back on the podcast because he's just this wealth of of knowledge. Um, and literally, his response was, "If he doesn't have the uh, warranty plate on the kick panel that you were talking about, he said uh, you'll have to text me some pics, uh, and I'll investigate it." You know, <laughs> so he's just like, "So the answer is, if you don't have uh, the warranty plate." The first thing would would be to go to Marty Report and try to get one. Yeah. And Steve did this. He because it's such an early '66, he's not able to get one. Um, and so uh, at that point, you just need Super Jimmy to come in <laughs> and uh, Jimmy the Golden. Jimmy the Golden. I yeah. need I need Jimmy the Golden. And uh, yeah, and he'll he'll give you some some info on it. So. Well, and, and if you don't have the book from Todd Zerker, I would definitely get that because his 66 information, he documents the very first truck, the marketing truck, uh, and the very first batch of um, like six months or four months that they built. Bud Company actually built the Bronco for four yeah. while they were getting their dyes ready and the plant ready. And um, there's some good information in there, but, it, you know, it's kind of hard. It's so early. They maybe didn't keep great records. Yeah, yeah. It's true. But Jimmy will know. Jimmy will know. You got to call the Jimmy. So the second half of this, though, is uh, is how to get your Bronco driving safe and ready for the road. Um, and uh, like this guy said, Steve said, um, I do have a video course um, on, it's called the Better Bronco Challenge. Donnie didn't even know this. I just told him <laughs> this today. Um, and uh, uh, I'll put a link to this. It's NashvilleEarlyBronco.com teachable.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I, in 2017, I put this course together cause I was like, oh man, like how can I get my knowledge of, you know, it, it's very basic information. It's not, you know, anything super complex, but you know, stuff that you may not know if this is the first time you've owned a Bronco or, or, you know, really worked on an old classic vehicle. And so I just put all this content out there. There's about 25, 20, 25 videos, um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it was just to help people get their Bronco running and driving, but I've never put this information or never put it on YouTube. It's just the videos that I made for, uh, for the course. So I've known you this long and you've never told me that I you're, know. you're published. I'm, I'm a published <laughs> course. Yeah. Very official. You're an instructor. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm an instructor, but, um, there are some free videos on there that I have actually put on YouTube. Um, I call them on YouTube, the Bronco basics. So it's like, 
engine oil and, you know, uh, you know, coolant, stuff like that. Pretty basic stuff. Some of the, the meat of the, uh, the content is in the course and it's pretty good. So if you want to get it, it's a hundred dollars. It's expensive. I know. But if you use the code half off, there's a deal. Wait, <laughs> I'll give you 50% off. That's H A L F O F F all caps. There you go. There's, there's your, there's, I'm not what? good at marketing. Wow. There's your marketing plug. But for us, let's talk about how to make your Bronco better. How to, you know, like what are, what are the things? So like Steve, you know, as our example <laughs> here, um, he just got a 66. He doesn't know much about it. Like what, what are the things that he, and he actually emailed me and he was like, Hey, I got the course. Uh, you've convinced me to focus on getting my 66 half cab running to the point that I can get it out and enjoy it. So like, I think that's awesome. You know, instead of going into just full restoration mode, he is going to try to get it running and driving before, you know, before he actually does a full restoration on it. So what are the, what are the things? Well, and you may never get it back. It could be years. Yeah. I mean, I'm, guilty of this myself but you know get it running and driving enjoy it and then uh, and then do that stuff later yeah so exactly exactly yeah so you want it running you want it driving you want it stopping <laughs> and then what was the fourth one i forget we, steering steering that was yeah. it yeah yeah so uh running what what are you looking at well first you have to burp your bron- bronco yeah so first thing you do is burp your bronco <laughs> you get your new bronco um no, was, we're talking about that. It's like, you know, again, go through, if it's leaking somewhere, yeah. stop it from leaking. And, you know, your cooling system, it's bound to be leaking. Yeah. Replace all the hoses. They are not expensive. Yeah. They're like $13, $22. Um, so seal up your cooling system. And then you want to share your burping your Bronco story? Yeah, I mean, I never knew that that was even a thing. Um, and I kept having these overheating issues. And my... Bronco, like I couldn't find any coolant leaks. You know, I would open the radiator cap and I could look down and I could see coolant in there. So I was like, oh, I'm good. It wasn't all the way to the top, but I just thought it was good. Well, what was happening, especially on 302s, is you can get air bubbles in the cooling system that will then, you know, inhibit the the coolant to make a, a a constant flow through the, your cooling system and you'll have these air pockets in there that will cause overheating in different areas. So, um, yeah, so I kept trying to chase down this overheating and someone was like, well, have you burped your radiator? And I was like, I've never, oh, what is that? You know? And so basically, yeah, you fill it up and you run, you know, run your engine with like at, you know, for 10 minutes or so and let it get up to temperature and all these air bubbles come out of the system while it's sitting there running and you open up your heater and and make sure to get it all flowing. And then now you've got all the air out of your cooling system and it shouldn't, you shouldn't have overheating problems. So, well, and if you do it that way, if you start with the cap off, you know, it's not going to, you're not taking the cap off when it's hot, which you're not supposed to do. So do that it'll eventually get to temperature and all the air goes to the top yep. and it just comes out and then you can seal it. It's supposed to be a sealed system, but yeah. yeah, that circulation, it circles through the block. Then the coolant will circle through your dashboard. That's how you get your heat. So you got to turn your heater on to get it through there. Cause there could be air in that system too, yeah. Yeah. but it's all one loop of water, like the water park, yeah. <laughs> the lazy river, 
And then, you know, you basically, if there's an air pocket and it's at your thermostat, think about that. If your thermostat is in an air pocket, it's not going to get hot and open and close. And that's what happens to you. So yeah, that's actually, you know, a, a pretty common problem. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And then moving down drivetrain, is that, or did you have anything else? Oh, no. You know, we just, again, you know, we talked about leaks, just, you know, ideally seal up all your leaks. If it's leaking, you've got a bad gasket somewhere. And the last thing you want to do is dump all your oil or all your transmission fluid when you're out trying to enjoy your truck. So just seal up all the leaks is the first thing, but that's kind of the engine, you know, but you'll see you, where it's leaking. Do you ever seal up all the leaks? You try. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. Well, you seal I mean, up the bad ones, right? Yeah, yeah. you you see where there's, it's leaking bad, and then you, you <laughs> yeah. seal those up. Yeah, yeah. Just stick your thumb in those holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then drivetrain. So you've got Zerk fittings all over your truck, yeah. which are serviceable access plate points to put a Zerk grease gun and grease up your bearings and grease up uh, joints, and yeah. they're all over the truck. So. And is that something, I mean, can you take that just about anywhere? Like, can you take it to, uh, you know, a tire shop, a Firestone or, you know, and have them do that? Or is that something that you would think, recommend someone? I think those guys, because they do wheels and brakes and bearings as a result of replacing wheel hubs, yeah. um, they will have a Zerk gun and they could probably do like a, a 21 point grease Zerk fill. But yeah, any any repair shop will do that. But you can also go to Walmart buy a grease gun with a tube of grease and do it yourself. And if yeah. you look online, you probably have a video on this where all the grease circs are. And um, That's a good video. I don't have that one. On. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at Lowe's even, $30 for, you know, a grease gun. You know, They have a little automotive section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just pulled that up. Yeah, it's it's super, super cheap, very easy to do, but it's an important thing. But on newer cars today, you don't have, you know, as many Zerk fittings. They have all sealed bearings. Right. So the bearings are sealed in grease, and unless the bearing gets destroyed in a car accident, but these older trucks, the bearings are not sealed, right. and they're sort of enclosed with a seal, but the seals go bad. You know, that used to be part of your 14-point your service back in the day in the yeah. 80s and the 70s was they would hit all your, they'd check off, the, you'd get a report and it showed they hit all your grease Zerks. Yeah. And, uh, but so think what happens if, if you have been driving your Bronco and you've had it 10 years and you've never done this, there might not be any grease left in your bearings. Right. And eventually you're going to hear a squealing noise and one of your wheels are going to just lock up while you're trying to drive. Yeah. So Yeah, because you got Zerk fittings in your bearings, in your U-joints uh, mm -hmm. on your drive shaft, uh, in your ball joints and in the front of your uh, your steering there that the ball joint attaches to the knuckle. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of spots there that you need to check those Zerk fittings. That's a good point. Yeah, um, and then yeah, checking your oils. You know, you got transmission oil, you got transfer case oil, you got oil in your axles that you can't really check because, um, like the Ford nine inch, I don't think has a plug that you can actually check the oil. Or does the Dana forty four? I I don't even know if either of them. Maybe one of them does. But um, well, differential fluid. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For differential fluid, so mm -hmm. you want you want to get some seventy-five. You just replace that, and yeah. you know, place the seal, the cover seal, while you're at it. Yep, yep, yeah. That's a good one. And then you know, brake fluid. Like obviously, you want to be checking that. <laughs> and if your brake fluid's brown, like 
you need probably need new brake lines, but probably at least new master cylinder, new uh, new brake cylinders. You know, um, so there's a lot there in, in your brakes um, that you want to check because you want to make sure that your Bronco stops. <laughs> you know, an easy way to check your brakes if you can get a jack and a block with, with a Bronco, you need a big block of wood. You know, like a, a chunk of wood. Yeah. Um, you can jack up one side and just spin the wheel. And it's an easy way to check a Bronco for a lot of problems. Jack up one side of the front, spin the wheel. If it doesn't spin, you know you got a bearing issue. Yep. You know, or if it makes noise or it's gravelly, that's real bad. Yep. But um, aren't, in one of your videos, don't you show how to check the play, like top uh-huh. to bottom and left and right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, that would be, yeah, your bearings in there. Yeah. So we, we talk about that. Um, and then, like, yeah, I, I like your idea of jacking up one wheel and spinning the tire. Another thing that I tell people to do is go out on a gravel road, get up to 30, and lock up your brakes. Which wheel is locking up? And adjust, you know, if you have old drum brakes, adjust that. Um, little gear wheel Yeah, thing. the little thing in there. And, you know. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're very technical here on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, but adjust your brakes and, you know, until they both lock up at the same time or, you know, you aren't getting that lock up and you're, you're feeling that stopping force. When I first had my Bronco, I was coming up to a light, it turned yellow, I slammed on the brakes, my passenger rear wheel locked up. And I wasn't even hitting the brakes hard, but it was like, and I'm at Highway 96 in Macatcher and I skid all the way into the intersection. And I was like, Oh, what just Oh, do you lose a wheel bearing? No, the the original owner had put uh, the wrong size master cylinder or uh, uh, brake cylinder in the drum brake. So what would happen was it would shift and then push that pad too hard and just lock the wheel up. Oh. So, you know, there's stuff like that. So taking apart your brakes, checking your brake pads, uh, checking, you know, the properly setting up your brakes is a really important thing and a good thing to know when you're working on your Bronco. Yeah, and just listening for if something sounds wrong, it probably is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's a rule of thumb. Yeah, <laughs> if it sounds wrong, it is wrong. Um, and then moving through, you know, your your suspension, um, there's that 14-piece bushing kit that Tom's has, Tom's Off-Road. It's under 100 bucks. I think it's like 80 bucks. And it basically replaces all the bushings in your suspension. So your C bushings, uh, you know, your track bar bushing, like all those, all those bushings in there. And I am a huge proponent of replacing those. Um, now, if you're just doing a, a like if you're going to replace the um, suspension and do like a lift, that will usually come with your lift. So you don't need to buy it separately. But, um, but yeah, replacing all those bushings, and what uh, I do is I'll set up cameras in the front of my Bronco, but, you know, normal people that aren't, you know, professional videographers can just have a friend watch or, you know, saw the steering wheel back and forth and you just watch and you see what um, what is loose under there, what suspension um, parts, you know, your suspension parts should move, but like, you know, they shouldn't clunk and then move. Like it's yeah. that it's that initial like clunking that that you will see when you're you're just you know turning the wheel back and forth over and over and it'll be like kunk, you know and 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 then a movement 
Um, and when I did that, it was the bolt that was holding the track bar to my axle that was loose. And uh-huh. so every time you'd turn the steering wheel, there'd be, I mean, it wasn't huge, but an eighth of an inch of play, you feel that in the steering wheel when you're driving. And, and so I ended up having to well, weld when that you turn. Bolt. Yeah. Or when you turn. So I had to weld that bolt, uh, back on there. Well, I like to look at steering, you know, as one of the best places you can put some money into the Bronco, like assuming it's doing other things. Well, you can almost always improve the steering if there's original parts in there, because there's aftermarket parts that are so much larger diameter steel. They have universal joints, whereas the other ones had these like funky little rubber tire bushing <laughs> things. Yeah. And that stuff's like 50 years old now or yeah. old 60. You know, it's a super old. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it'd be like 50 years old. And um, it, I'm amazed at how many trucks are running around with the original steering bushings from all the way down. And then there's two bearings in the steering column. There's one up by the steering wheel. So if you just grab your steering wheel and it clunks when you're not driving it, it's like, well, it's not, you know, it's not a normal noise. It needs the upper bearing, which is, you know, $50 worth of little tiny parts that go in there. And then that shaft doesn't move left and right. But then if you do that and it still clunks, well, now it's the bottom of the shaft down where it comes out into the engine bay. And there's a, Just Bronco Graveyard makes a really nice solid sealed bearing kit for that that you install and it's a bit of work it's maybe not a diy thing for a lot of people because you got to be pretty creative to get the old metal out of the inside of that tube but um i do it on every truck that comes in and just those two things top bearing bottom bearing makes all the difference in the world and then you know borgeson makes some really nice shafts from the firewall down to the box and they can really smooth all that stuff out. And they're telescoping. Nice. Some of the early Broncos, they weren't telescoping, which was a safety thing. If you got into an accident, wouldn't push the steering <laughs> shaft up into your face, um, which could happen. Um, so, you know, I upgrade all that stuff. I know yeah. I'm, there's a fine line between keeping a 67 Bronco a 67 and just having it really enjoyable to drive. Yeah. And I'm all for well, save the old parts and give them to whoever gets the truck next, but you would never stick them back in once you upgrade. But you're not um, jeopardizing the integrity or originality of the vehicle. You're just making it, it's like putting a new set of tires on for me. And I always tell people check for uh, cracks in their frame where the steering box bolts in. Because a lot of times you put bigger tires on your Bronco, that's more stress on the the box that is bolted to that frame. And there's just three bolts holding that box onto the frame, and sometimes you you get enough, you know, umph, you're gonna stress your frame enough that it's actually gonna crack your 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 frame, and and that box is gonna start moving. So people are like, oh man, my steering moves, you know, and my tires don't move. Well, that could be, you know, the steering box moving on the frame yeah and three new bolts there is not expensive and when you take the bolts out and you take the steering box out in most cases you're going to see some of those holes are a little wallered out they're now oval when they used to be round and you know it's a good idea to repair those but um yeah those those steering boxes take so much abuse right where they mount the frame so tom's has a really cool they have a i think it's like almost a quarter inch plate um Mm. that you can put on there and it just reinforces the steering box and they give you longer bolts so that it 
fits through the plate and the box and the frame. Um, and uh, I have that on on my new Bronco that I'm building just as additional support, you know, just putting it in there. But yeah, so good, uh, good little get your Bronco running and driving better. If you haven't done any of those things, you better get out there and do it. What would say? What would you say? Number one on your on your list for someone who's like, oh yeah, my Bronco drives fine. What would you say? What's the the number one thing <laughs> they should be checking? It, well, okay, it's well, I mean, it has to be brakes. But my favorite thing to upgrade is the steering. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, you have to do the. You're gonna do the brakes. Yes. I don't care if they tell you it stops great. You're gonna need you to do need, the brakes. Yeah, yeah. Unless it has. Talk about some of the amazing new stuff that you can get for brakes. Unless it has the high. Uh, hydro assist. Hydro and, assist yeah. brake kit. You're not going to have enough brakes. Right, right. Ever. Yeah, true. So so true. So true indeed. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for sticking around for the podcast. Before we go, I want to make a request. So we have this episode coming up. It is the Bronco Horror Stories episode. And we need your stories. We need to hear from you guys on what is your horror story? Like, what are some of the stories that are just like terrible that happened to you and your Bronco or to your friends and their Bronco? Shoot us an email at questions at thebroncast.com and come see us at Ford Fest. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Toller, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.